Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Yes, we are in Ecclesiastes at the moment, working our way through what is really essentially a book about values and perspective. And I just thought that that song that Emily brought really was all about perspective. It's a glass half full look at the world, isn't it? And uh, so much of what comes out of our life really comes out of our perspective, where we're standing, you know, in God. And so, yeah, let's continue on with this um, very interesting uh, book, the book of Ecclesiastes. My mother's best friend, Muriel stood about five foot three tall. But what she lacked in height, she made up for in personality. And during the war, uh, she volunteered for the Home Guard. And um, despite barely reaching the pedals, she ended up driving trucks for the war effort. This little five foot three lady driving these big, I don't know, four wheelers, six wheelers. But, um, you know, sadly, due to the lack of available men after the war, uh, Muriel never married. Yeah, she never married. But, you know, if there was any sadness of having never had her own children, you would never have known. She remained positive all her life. It's that glass half full thing, her perspective. And it was always a treat to visit her. And she had this very, very well-ordered home and garden, and it was always immaculate, and uh, she served the community. She served her church for 60-something years until she passed away. And all the while, she dressed impeccably and smiled lots. And I only wish I'd visited her more. And about four years before she died at 93, we asked what she'd been up to, and with a little wry smile, she said, I've just bought a rental. <laughs> Bit of a do-up, she said. <laughs> I know. Who buys a rental at 89? <laughs> but we all laughed too, and it, was, and it was the house next door, and for her it seemed like this golden opportunity to do you know, one last hurrah. So her attitude was still going hard in her older years. Her funeral was a testimony to someone who had faithfully loved God, loved people, and had left a legacy, a great legacy. Ephesians, uh, sorry, Ecclesiastes 7.11 says, Wisdom along with inheritance is good and an advantage to those who see the sun. And so today I'm hoping that we're going to see that what comes out of our life should be good for others. Solomon knew in his heart of hearts that there were in fact many things uh, that were worth pursuing. You know, despite the first two chapters of the book, um, he highlights many aspects of wisdom along the way because it's his gift and it just comes out. And one could easily be a bit distracted or even depressed by chapters 1 and 2. 
But like many portions of Scripture, when we dig a little bit deeper, we find that there is a purpose even for these chapters. Um, the NIV groups these passages into blocks. Everything is meaningless. Wisdom is meaningless. Pleasure is meaningless. Wisdom and following and follow are meaningless. And toil is meaningless. A bit of a depressing start, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm a little bit nervous about this um, message about Ecclesiastes because I know the ladies' study group have been in Ecclesiastes for weeks and they've probably got a different take on it. And you're probably still in chapter 2, are you, Jenny? <laughs> no, you've got one past there. That's good. <laughs> but anyway, um, it, it is quite a list, isn't it? This list of, of things in chapters 1 and 2. It's quite a list. But do you notice that Solomon never says that relationships are meaningless? Or does he not say, nor does he say, that what we pass on to others is meaningless. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd like to ask us all today, what are you passing on? What are you passing on? So the title of this message is, Others will reap where you've sown and that's okay. Others will reap where you've sown no matter where you are at on your journey with the Lord, others will reap from your seed that's sown. No matter how old you are, how new you are, but that's okay because where, where we've sown, others will reap. And for me, the underlying themes of Ecclesiastes are in fact, as a whole, they are perspective and values. Where we, where we place value and what we see in life should come from what's inside us. And these are what motivate us and dictate our priorities, those two things, perspective and values. You know, our to-do lists say a lot about our hearts. And Solomon must have had a lot of to-do lists because of all that he accomplished in the natural. And um, he sure was a doer. And yes, he delegated, but success rises and falls on leadership. And at the end of all his pursuits, he looks back and he questions the why. Why did I do it? He's in a bad place at this time because this is because he's allowed his heart to grow cold by letting his foreign wives worship other gods. Unlike his father David, his relationship with God in his latter years suffered due to the lack of intimacy and time in the Word. We've just sung this morning about being in the presence of God and how wonderful that is. And there's no quicker way to allow our hearts to grow cold than to neglect our prayer life and the reading of God's word. Amen? That's the two quickest ways to allow our hearts to grow cold. So here's Solomon looking back, as it were, ruining some things, sort of lamenting, maybe just pondering, wondering, wow. Perhaps there's a little bit of a wow factor there. 
But he's looking back from a heart that's gone a bit cold because he allowed um, other gods to come into his world and to be worshipped. And you know, I wonder how is how's your prayer life and is God's word really vibrant and meaningful to you? Because it brings meaning, purpose, life, and passion back into our faith journey. When we're down, we need to get into the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Romans 10, 17. I've just had a couple of hard weeks, been in a bit of a low spot, but it's prayer and the word of God that can give a, get our healing back. So what's Solomon's backstory? So let's just take a moment. Sometimes we need to... To understand the past in order to get this present mood in this book. So after becoming king, uh, God gives Solomon a test. And most of you will know this. In a dream, he told him, ask what you, whatever you wish me to give you. So it's a dream, but God clearly asks Solomon to name what he'd like out of, out of this whole thing. Solomon's response was to ask for wisdom. Well, God was so impressed in, the, in a sense that he gave him wisdom, but he added wealth, power, and influence as well as the thing he'd asked for. And that, that wisdom gift enabled Solomon to lead Israel through its most prosperous and peaceful season of all time. I think you'd agree. Never before had Israel been so able to bless others. And when the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's glory, you see success is contagious and, and you know, you can't keep stuff quiet in this, you know, world. And, and even back then, Solomon's, Solomon's glory was known around the world. So the queen of Sheba comes and visits and we're going to pick up the story in Second Chronicles 9 verse 5. And let's just hear what she says. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and saw with my own eyes. There's a bit of a lesson in there, isn't there? Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on his throne as king to rule for the Lord your God. Isn't that awesome? That's influence. That's influence right there in society. Yeah. We see here that God's favor actually built faith. You know, it wasn't just success breeding success. This was favor building faith in another, in a queen from another country. What was good for Solomon was actually good for everybody. It was good for Israel and the world because the favor of God trickled down. And that's how it should work. 
The favour of God should trickle down. The Queen says in verse 7, How happy your people must be. You know, it's not just to be held on to and held in this blessing, this favour. It's to come down. It's to flow down. Honour down. Imagine the world being blown away by God's favour on our community through the church. Awesome, wouldn't it? How awesome would that be that the world stands up and notices God's favour on our communities because of our prayers? You know, we pray every Thursday night as a group for the community and we pray for salvations and baptisms and it's an awesome prayer time we have. And, um, you know, those are seeds sown in the Spirit and they must come to pass. God never lets his seed go un unattended. And so we are just praying for that, that, that the community would be blessed through the church. Imagine everyone fed and housed. Imagine families honouring one another. Imagine a society where everyone told the truth and where everyone kept their promises. Imagine a community where no one took drugs, but instead everyone had a purpose and had work. Yes, preach it. <laughs> Along with sufficient rest. <laughs> sounds like utopia, doesn't it? It sounds like utopia, but this was Solomon's kingdom. This was the reality for the people in Solomon's kingdom at its high point. Everyone had a job. Everyone had a purpose. They had a house. They fed fed the multitudes. We have a situation in our society in 2019 where most people would agree that all these kingdom values I've just mentioned can and should be achievable. The problem is the world wants kingdom without the king. And you know we are the representation of the king of kings. They look at us with the Bible they read and you know it's just not an option to have the kingdom without the king. Amen? We need to instill those values into society. The world wants equity. It wants fairness. It wants justice. It wants rights for animals. It wants honesty and integrity in our leaders. It's just that they're wanting the, the kingdom without the king. And it's a package deal. So as Solomon looks back on his heyday in perhaps better times when he writes his musings in Ecclesiastes, um, and despite his less than passionate start in chapters 1 and 2, he still has God's gift of wisdom on his life. Why? Because God's gifts and callings are irrevocable. Romans 11.29 For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And some versions say that God gives them without repentance. So despite Solomon's flaws and his mistakes, let's just now hear and unwrap uh, some of his wisdom. Let's just take a moment, put all that aside, how he's slipped from where he should have been, 
And let's just hear some, some of this wisdom, this gift that's still in his life. So let's just hear this and let's get a new perspective perhaps and new values today that we should take up. Let's not just throw out the baby with the bathwater. Sorry, young mums, <laughs> you'd never do that. But <laughs> we sometimes do it, don't we, with, with, with truth. We sort of reject the message because of the messenger, perhaps. By dismissing the underlying message of Ecclesiastes, we can, uh, we can get back to some real truth, some real nuggets, and perhaps we'll understand the wonder of the rest of it in time. And the real nuggets is to leave this legacy of faith. You know, many people reduce the meaning of the word inheritance to just meaning money or stuff or things. But as we read chapter 1, things are meaningless. Things are meaningless without him. That's in 2 verse 25. It says, who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him being God? So let's turn to chapter 5. We're going to shoot on to chapter 5. And we're going to read Ecclesiastes 5 and find some new, some, some, some things that Solomon warns about, I guess. Let's read verse 13 to, to 16. I have seen a grievous evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners or wealth lost through some misfortune so that when they have children there is nothing left for them to inherit everyone comes naked from their mother's womb and as as everyone comes so they depart they take nothing from their toil that they carry in their hands this too is a grievous e evil as everyone comes so they depart and what do they gain since they toil for the wind? The first evil, when it comes to sowing and reaping, and we're not just talking money and stuff, we're talking spiritual stuff here as well. The first evil is to hoard or to withhold blessings from others. This is what Solomon's saying. In a sense, he's saying this is a grievous evil to store up, to, to hold on, to, to just, you know, keep it in tight. Keep it for a rainy day. And we're not to do that. We're not to selfishly bunker down with our beliefs and our provisions for that rainy day. They are to be given away. To our hurt means being selfish will cost us. We are to keep sowing despite results. We're to keep sowing despite what we see. And sometimes we're just simply too pragmatic. If you know what that means, it means whether it works or it doesn't work. And if it's not working, we stop. We're too pragmatic with this precious seed. If it's not working, we pull the pin. But God sees the bigger picture. So we simply need to be faithful with the seed and trust that he will bring the harvest. Amen? Mark shared um, last week from chapter 3 about the seasons for things. And there's definitely a season for things. And we need to be 
sensitive to that and aware. And so, yes, be wise. Be wise with the seed, but never withhold when the conditions are good. The second evil Solomon gives us is found in chapter 6, 1 to 3. Let's read. Ready, read. I have seen another evil under the sun, and it weighs wealth, possessions, and honor, so that they lack nothing their hearts desire. But God does not grant them the ability to enjoy them, and strangers enjoy them instead. This is meaning, meaningless, a grievous evil. A man may have a hundred children and live many years, yet no matter how long he lives, if he cannot enjoy his prosperity and does not receive proper burial, I say that the stillborn child is better off than he. Wow. The evil here is where the, the giver of blessings can't or won't allow himself to enjoy the journey. It's a different kind of poverty mentality. The first guy withheld from others, where this guy withholds from himself. It sounds so noble to give it all away, but Solomon's saying, put on your own oxygen mask and then you can help others. We need to feed ourselves to others and maybe that's a word for someone here today. Maybe it's a word for me. And I have no problem responding to my own articles. <laughs> are, you, are you such a satisfied customer that you can recommend Jesus to According to Solomon, the man with it all. That's what he's basically saying. Are you so satisfied that, that you, can, you can recommend Jesus to others or are you you know, short, coming up short. Things, he says, are meaningless in chapter 1. Pleasure is meaningless, work's meaningless, but not the joy of knowing Jesus. You see, we need to really, really know him to be able to give away the fruit of knowing him. You see, you can't give away our journey we can't give away what God's called us to do we can't give away our calling our anointing our journey but we can pass on the legacy of knowing him I've got a little confession I watched a program called I am Patrick Swayze a few weeks ago and it was about the life of Patrick Swayze and as you know Pretty famous actor. Um, and, you know, he's one of the few in Hollywood who managed to, to stay married happily to one woman for his whole life. And, um, and yet there was just something missing in his heart and he couldn't say what it was. He tried owning all the things that would bring pleasure, but nothing, nothing satisfied that soul. And it's like he carried this hurt of perhaps unresolved stuff in his heart. We need to nourish our soul. We need to learn how to nourish our soul in order to be able to give it away. So how are we to live? Wrapping this up in chapter 7, verse 11 to 14. Let's go back to perhaps where we started. 
Verse 11 says, Wisdom like an inheritance is a good thing and benefits those who see the sun. Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter, but the, the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. Verse 13, consider what God has done. Who can straighten what he has made crooked? When things are, times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. So let's learn things. Let's study. Let's increase our knowledge. Let's grow things. Let's do business. But remember, the temporary protection of money and wisdom don't shield us from the trials that inevitably come with this life. And don't try and fix what God's broken on purpose, it says here. You know, what God has bent, my, my version says, but it says here what God has, yeah, who can straighten what he has made crooked? God sometimes bends things a little bit to shape our character. Don't try and fix what God has been. Enjoy the journey in the bad times and the good. But no God allows them both to happen, bad things and good. The real test is whether we continue to sow in good times and bad. That is the real test of our life, the character of our life, is whether we continue to give out, to continue to bless others, to continue to let that favor trickle down in good times and bad. In season and out, the Bible says. Sometimes passion is more important than you know, just being, being in that season. If we do, God's going to reap and it may not, someone's going to reap and it may not be us. The wisdom of sowing and reaping leads to a true inheritance that we pass on in God's timing. And like my mother's friend Muriel Let's do life with a joy that's not fearing the worst or counting on the best, but to seize opportunities as they are untold or unfold, despite, despite who reaps, who cares. Let's just do our best, enjoy the journey, don't fear the worst, just keep sowing, and someone will reap the reward. For all our labor. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this precious, precious seed, the gospel, this gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are saved by grace, that we are saved by faith in the living God. And God, I just thank you for the many things that ripple out from that healing, restoration, forgiveness. And so, God, I just pray that we might just experience all of those, those things today in our life in a measure. And, God, I just pray for those who may not yet know Christ here today, Lord, that they would come to a knowledge of yourself and that we enjoy that knowledge enough to pass it on continually. We don't stop because you've given us the Holy Spirit You've equipped us with every good thing. Thank you that you've called and equipped us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. 
we hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.